wanted to play an instrument Cause musicians are so cool and I wanted to be cool But I found playing an instrument is kinda hard I tried the harmonica but I really sucked I tried the guitar but my fingers couldn't do it I was ready to give up Then I saw a little instrument in the shop It didn't cost too much so I gave it a shot Now I play all the time and my friends do too And who knew ukulele is the new black It's the new black Everybody's playing it Welcome to Ukulele is the New Black. I'm Meredith Harper and I love to play the ukulele. In this podcast, I talk to ukulele players to find out why this little instrument has become so popular. In today's episode, I talk to Mel Webb. I was booked into a ukulele... <laughs> so hard to say. I was booked into a looping course, or as they call it, a ukulooping course, with Mal at the Ukulele Festival, which is the Newcastle Ukulele Festival, in October. And I thought he'd be a fun guest, and I was not disappointed. Mal has an amazing energy and enthusiasm, and he's not your traditional ukulele player. He plays a heap of instruments and loves to make noises in interesting ways. A small apology, though. Some of the stuff he was doing with ukuleles probably needed some visuals to really make sense, but I think you'll still appreciate the amazing sounds he can make. Ukulele player, introduce yourself. Well, hi, I'm Mal Webb. Lovely to have you on the podcast, Mal. Glorious. Now, we have only just met. Yeah. I know very little about you, but that's within the next half hour, I will know a lot more about you. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I'm kind of a ukulelist by association, kind of. Really. Ukuleles, that is a good word. Well, yeah, one does one's best. Because yeah. um, I play way too many instruments, so I play guitar as well. Sorry about that. Can Can uh, you play too many instruments? Yeah, because you got to practice them all. And oh. so, like, he, me sitting here with your ukulele and going, it's like, oh, yeah, oh, great, this is lovely. But uh, it just makes me think, oh, I've got to practice ukulele more. Because, you, know, <laughs> you know, I've been doing lots of guitar playing lately. And you are allowed to play guitar. I have had a lot of people on the podcast who play guitar as well as ukulele. Um, I, I, I don't judge. No. I think it's weird that you play such a giant ukulele because <laughs> I, I have looked at guitars. I thought I could learn the guitar. And I look at them in the shop and I, they just freak me out because they're just so big. I Too big. Yeah. Too many strings. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They, they scare totally. me. Um, I feel like maybe I need to be a grown-up before yeah. I can do that. So, <laughs> so list your instruments for me. I play trumpet and trombone and guitar and bass, lots of different sorts of basses, um, and piano and uh, harmonica, but badly. I play chromatic harmonica really well. I also play thumb piano, which is like uh, like African bits of metal hanging off a piece of wood, huh. which is basically a ukulele as well, isn't it? Well, uh, you know, but um, but yeah, a, a slab of wood with bits of metal hanging off that you pluck with your thumbs. And so it's in goes, and uh, also called a kalimba sometimes. I'm going to have to Google a picture of that because yeah. I, 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 I haven't managed to visualise it, but I, I will do that, in. and I will put a link to one in the show notes <laughs> yeah. so the listeners will know what I'm talking about. Well. Talking about? <laughs> yeah, Zimbabwe and thumb piano or the imbira, but also you know I'll play whatever um, thumb piano someone throws at me. But I've been playing that quite a lot lately, which is yeah, love that instrument. But yeah, as I said, you know, like as soon as you start collecting instruments, it's 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 dangerous. Because then, you know, each new instrument you take up, you look at one of the other ones and go, you're going to get neglected, which is not good. <laughs> you know, you can't play favourites. Um, 
but yeah, I'm, I'm afraid my chronic harmonica is definitely being neglected at the moment. Poor little thing. Harmonica is a hard, hard instrument. <clears throat> it's a beast. Well, chromatic with the button, so you can play. Oh white, yeah, black notes and white notes. Yeah, it's it's um it's it's a real beast, but it's it's great, and and you know uh, the little bits that I can do, and I've got a, enough licks that people go ooh, and then they expect me to do beyond that. It's like mm, no, nah, that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what was your first instrument? Uh, drums when I was four. Huh. That was the one you didn't mention then. No, I don't play kit much now, and I, I, I'm not a good enough drummer to call myself. Um, a drummer anymore, I don't think, compared to the number of amazing drummers around the world. But um, I used to be, yeah, used to be half decent hand percussionist. But um, but then I was playing drum kit, and then we moved from Melbourne to Canberra, and around the corner from our house uh, was uh, the Farron's brothers, uh, and um, one of the Farron's brothers is a trombonist. And so I ended up being a trombonist and I was kicking and screaming into brass land because my brother was playing trumpet player and learned off Dave Ferrans, who was a trumpet player. Um, and, uh, and I was going, why am I playing this? I wanted to be a drummer. Damn it. And, and deep inside, I wanted to be a bass player. And it's like, so the two instruments I wanted to play, uh, ended up being a trombone. And I was like, what? And I kind of complained to mum, but she said, no, it'd be great. Very useful instrument. You can play bass lines on trombone. It's like, no, you can't. <laughs> Don't try to fool me. And Parents will do that. Won't they, they will. Yeah. But the cool thing about playing trombone when you want to be a drummer is that it's all the technique. When you play trombone, it's all the technique you'd be need to be a beatboxer. Right. Which is great. Yeah. So I ended up being a beatboxer by default because I was playing trombone, wanted to be a drummer. Ended up just beatboxing, and which is kind of cool. Yeah. So a lot of what I'm doing at this festival is being uh, a looper and a beatboxer. Yep. And uh, and uh, giving ukulele players something to do with their face while they're playing ukulele. Yeah. Um, which is kind of fun. So you can go. Sort of thing, you know. So we just strum along ukulele and and uh, bust out a few beats. Um. Yeah. What was the thing I was saying? Oh, yeah. You could. You don't know. Uh, that's if you, uh, um, go. So, yeah, beatboxing with your mouth while you're humming through your nose and play the ukulele at the same time. That was amazing. It sounded like two or three instruments all coming yeah, through your mouth at once. Yeah, so there's all sorts of, you know, so, um, which is great, you know, because you're always, You've got this face free while you're playing ukulele, and it's like, oh, I might as well make use of it. Yeah. In so many different ways. Yeah. So, when did ukulele happen for you? Um, Quite early on. We, yeah, had ukuleles around the house um, when I was quite young, which I think was kind of rare. They weren't, they only really took off later, but we, yeah, we just often had ukes lurking around. So, all my frettiness started off on uke. And then I took up bass. So I, it was quite a light, late arrival to, um, uh, so that was to guitar. It's weird. So I, I did ukulele and bass before I did guitar. And uh, they seem to combine that combine the two really rather nicely. But they're such a different beast. I, I don't like to compare. Um, yeah. And and the, other, the thing we have here, which, of course, the listener can't hear, but um, this um, here is looks just like a normal cheap really cheap ukulele it does but look it's is, put, it, is it plastic uh no it it's, looks it's plastic but it's plywood right um but the cool thing about this is that it's got uh i put guitar strings on it so nylon the fat strings up a nylon string oh wow 
So it's it's yeah. tuned as a viola. So it's viola tune. That sounds nothing like you would expect looking at it. And this is there yeah, for the listen to this is a soprano uke, so it's like a little uke, but with big fat strings in it. So it's you know it's, it's heading into the land of the you know the plastic string ukulele basses, but it's just somewhere in between. And it's got it's got a little bit of oud, you know, Middle Eastern sort yeah. of thing going on with it. Yeah, lovely version of it. So you can play chords, but they're just a very different sound because it's a mandolin. Uh, essentially mandolin chord shapes. So very different sound to a normal ukulele tuning, even though it's just a, a really cheap ukulele. I was strung with it. And I had to, you know, I put, uh, what do you call these things? Chopsticks uh, <laughs> up the end to fix the tuning. So the oh. intonation was all of it. So these cheap ukuleles, the big thing with cheap, cheap ukuleles is to lower the nut so uh, get a, a, a steak knife and cut, oh, cut which, yeah, yeah, cut so that's as low as that should be as low as possible. Yeah. That'll help your intonation on a cheap uke. Um, but also um, sometimes that won't fix the intonation. So you want that twelfth fret to be an octave. Right. And they most of them aren't. On let's see how yours is going. Well, I've got I've got lots of frets. A little bit sharp. So your twelfth fret. It's just a little bit sharp. I can't hear that, but I'll take your word for it. But if you play the harmonic and then play the fret, it's a little bit sharp. Okay. Okay. So the idea and, and uh, yeah, your foot, your, your nut could come down a little bit. So um, most of my life in ukulele land is fixing people's bad ukuleles. Um, <laughs> like cheap ukuleles is just going, oh, you can make it actually this a nicer instrument. And so putting a chopstick there, so in your case, you could probably just lower the nut and it'll fix the intonation a little bit. But um, <clears throat> so often in the case of a really cheap one like this, you could move the, you, you could get a compensating bridge. So that it has to move that way a little bit. That that bridge has to move that way a little bit to put this in tune. But you can always just stick a, um, not a chopstick, what do you call these things? A skewer. So for the, oh, it's a bamboo the, skewer. Yeah, a little yeah, bamboo yeah. skewer. So you just put it in behind the bridge so it becomes the new bridge. Yep. And it means you can, um, but I've, I've known several people who've done the skewer thing. And, and my, my friend, uh, Andrew Clermont just said, oh, just put a skewer all the way across. They always need it. And it's like, why, why do they always make cheap ukuleles so their intonation's always sharp? It's strange. Anyway, not that I'm obsessed with this or anything, but slightly. <laughs> So as you can see, I've got quite a, an interesting angle on ukuleles. I'm, I like, I don't do, I do play standard tuning a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. although it's very kind of different, yeah. But, um, I really like all the variations of it because I love it because it's small and it's portable and it's, it's such a friendly sound. Yeah. And, and I've always liked the idea of a mandolin. Um, and Kylie, my partner is a, a violin player and, and, and the idea of mandolins kind of, but it's, it's all double course and it's just such a critical instrument. Whereas you pick up a ukulele and you feel you can do anything on it and not be judged. Like, whereas pick up a mandolin and you're immediately judged by the fact that it's a mandolin. I don't know. Yeah. If you know what I mean? Yeah. There's something about ukulele. It's very forgiving. Yeah. There's something about the sound of it. It's just like, oh, I'm your friend. Whereas <laughs> mandolin, you pick it up and try, or violin, you pick it up and play it and it just goes, you're going to have to try harder than that. You're really not putting the effort in, and And whereas ukulele just says, yeah, you're best if it's good enough for me. And, and that's why, yeah. What I love about it. Um, but someone once described to me a mandolin as a ukulele with pretensions. Oh, totally. Yeah. No, they're so full of themselves. 
and and um yeah so that's that and, and anything you can do to muck muck around with the ukulele to push it into different worlds approaching that pretension world is kind of cool i love it but um yeah, and the other thing that um, uh, have been employed at this festival is is how to um, do other stuff with ukuleles that people don't often think about. And so the whole... So muting with the back of your hand, so you get that. Oh, okay. So you can get that real plunky, which a lot of people don't play with. It, like, it's a very guitar thing to do, but... Um, getting that more percussive thing. So, um, because so many people just... And just strum, you know, yep. and just play open notes. But as soon as you get into using a pick or using muting sounds and stuff, it means you can play a different role in a group. So if you get a, you know, a group of, because they do conglomerate ukulele players, that's what they do. Um, as soon as you've got a, 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 a clump of ukulele players. What's a, a, a strum? A strum. I call them a strum. Brilliant. Okay. Not a glove. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on who they are. <laughs> But yeah, but it's as soon as everyone's play, if everyone's playing the same thing, it's like, ah, oh, come on, share the roles around. And so one of the things my obsessions is is hitting ukuleles in the nicest possible way. And so um, it's got a hole in the middle of it, which is the sound hole, obviously. But if you put your hand over it, you can treat it like an urdu, which is an udu, sorry, not urdu, an udu, which is a type of drum. Uh, and and there's udu drums all over the world, which are basically a cavity with a hole that you can put your hand over to change the pitch. You can do the same with the ukulele. Oh, so you're just moving your hand. Yeah, so just changing the position of the hole. It's kind of fun. And your one is kind of cool because it's such a big, big... It's kind of fun. You can do things like this. Clunky like this. Actually, I won't do it with yours because it's a bit brutal. Um, the, the, <laughs> yeah, please don't break the, my No, no, it's kind of possible. <laughs> but if you tuck it under your arm, this might require some photos online or whatever. But if you tuck it under your armpit, um, you can you can put your hand over the hole, but you'll see you get both hands to. And that sound, listeners, that was with the cheap ukulele. That's with the cheap ukulele. Who knew? Yeah. And so just getting different angles on, on, but again, with a a group of people, it's like, oh, well, okay, I'll play percussion on mine. And and there's so many different, you know, there's the, using the whole bassy thing then. Just slapping it in different ways so you get more of a range out of it. So in a group of five people, all of a sudden you've got someone strumming, you've got some people doing muted stuff, and you've got someone drumming it as well, strumming, drumming, muting, and then you get a bit more of a tonal palette out of uh, out of the uke, which makes me very happy. Mm. <laughs> so normally I ask people what kind of music you like to play. Um, I think with you that's that, that's a harder question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have actually, like... Um, actually, I can play it in yours. I, I wrote a song called TLA, which um, is is all, is all except the baritone. I've never actually played it on baritone. No, it's not a baritone. I know. It's, 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 it's a logic. Yeah, it's a logic. Yeah, but it's not a baritone. 
but my my mum took up ukulele when she was about sixty eight, and uh, she had been playing harmonica, but she got um, curly cell leukemia, and oh, uh, and and it affected it affected her mouth, and she couldn't play. So she went, oh, I'll take up ukulele then, and she joined a ukulele group, and it's brilliant up in Canberra. Um, what are they called? They were the uh, Ukulele Republic of Canberra. Oh, that must be a different one. That's, must be that's who I was playing with. Today. Oh, really? There are a lot of ukulele groups in Canberra. I know them all. <laughs> Pretty much, almost at least. <laughs> yeah. Well, I forgot the name of Mum's. Tugs. Tugs. Yeah, she was with Tugs. They, they like playing the like the old fifties, sixties music. Well, she got enough. She had enough of that after a while. She went, nah, yeah, I get. You can get enough of those songs, but she loved it, and it was great. But when she first had the idea of you, I went, oh, look, I should write a song for her that is all just one finger ukulele chords. Yeah. And so this is my song. I'm, and Kai's giving me the lyrics because it's helpful. So as you can see, uh, the listener can't, but you can see the entire lyrics is three-letter abbreviations or T-L-A. Yeah. Okay, so it's a T-L-A song. It's funny, when you said T-L-A, I thought, I wonder if that's what he meant. Before. There you go. <laughs> so, uh, and, as you can, uh, and ooh, no fingers. But just so you know, so I do play a no finger chord for a moment here. It goes TLA, TLA, VIP, TLC, AOK, GPS, SMS, PMS, DNA, ATM, RPM, CBD, TNT, BBM. NGO, CEO, AGO, REM. Here we go, the bridge, change strings. P O Oh, 
One finger. And you can actually play it with your nose if you're very careful. Oh. Oh. <laughs> no, no, it's rubbish. Yeah, you get the idea. <laughs> that must have taken you a long time to get that list of TIs. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, it's quite a long list. And also to put them in an order that kind of made sense. It did? But kind of. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> Sorry, I'm a step in. <laughs> OTT, PBC, PPL, yeah. ONG, come on. Yeah, that, that, you that makes a lot yeah, of sense. I'll take that. That's what it totally does. Yeah. So I have written a couple of ukulele songs, and, 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 uh, and, and also Kai has been playing the, uh, the, uh, what we call the viola, viola lele, which is the viola tuned ukulele. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, but, but yeah, I've sadly been traveling, um, not with the ukulele of late. Um, although Kai and I are both in a band called Formidable Vegetable Sound System. Oh man, that's a good name. Which, unfortunately, he's decided to shorten it to just Formidable Vegetable, but I like the sound system myself. Oh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. um, it's, uh, all songs about permaculture written by a guy who's a gorgeous ukulele player, um, called Ch- Charlie McGee. Um, and, but it's all songs on ukulele, electro swing style. Um, about permaculture. It's the 12 principles of permaculture. Um, and we've gone on to now do the ethics of permaculture and, and a whole bunch of other songs. And so Kai and I are both, uh, both in that band as well. So entertaining but, uh, and educational. Very. And he's a brilliant ukulele player. It hurts my brain how good he is. Um, so at one point you have to interview him. Yes. He's, 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 where, where does he live? He lives in Perth at the moment. Down it's not in convenient. Not so convenient, but <laughs> he does come over this side of the country quite a lot. And uh, he's, yeah, he's a dude, great player, great songwriter, great singer. Um, but yeah, Charlie McGee. But yeah. um, so we play in his band. And and so, yeah, we're, we're uh, I'm, I'm quite ukulele, as I said, I'm sort of like ukulele, ukuleleist by association. That uh, I hang around uke players and occasionally play uke a bit, but I'm not as yuki as like I'm at a uke festival. Well, and, you are, which and, is what that made you um, eligible to come on my podcast. Exactly. <laughs> You're doing a workshop at a ukulele festival, which exactly. I'm looking forward to going to. Oh, know, the looping thing tomorrow. Yes, yeah, I'm doing fun. that one tomorrow. I've yeah. actually got a friend of mine who desperately wanted to come, um, oh, but okay. it's just a long way from Canberra. It is, and she has a small child. Um, and I said, huh, I'm going." Yeah, well, we just talked about a little bit about that. But it, it, as a when you're doing looping, it's a bit like working with a U group. If you just do the same thing over and over, you just end up with a wall of too many frequencies in the one area. And so with looping, you have to think of, oh, how can I vary my sound? How can And with beatboxing as well, how can I vary my sound to make paint a whole picture mm. rather than just a band <laughs> through the middle? You know, if you're just in brown, you just get a wall of brown, you end up with, what, who's that Mark Rothko, you know, painter that just painted in one colour? Um, but... Yeah, so as a looper, I try to um, paint with as many media, medium, media, media, yes, as many media as possible um, with my instruments, but also with my face, like to try to adapt my face as much as possible, open out the picture that you're painting as a looper. And I I, I find people don't, uh, so many, often I'll go and see people doing looping shows and stuff that that, that they end up being quite stuck. In one area of this, the, the vision, I don't know. Like I'm flapping my hands in the air, listeners. Sorry about that. Um, but I, I think of, um, yeah, I think I'm, I'm very visual about the way I think of music, and and so I really think of it as painting a picture, like frequency up and down the, the screen, and 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 stereo spectrum sideways. But sometimes as a sweeping 
time going across the screen sort of thing, you know. That's but, interesting. I, I yeah. think of it as sculpting with sound. That's totally. How I look at it. Yeah. So, yeah, still, uh, yeah, still visual. <clears throat> I think particularly when you start, well, not this podcast so much, but there's another podcast, which I am working on, listeners, which will okay. have a lot more depth to it, um, well, audio speaking. Sure. And just that sort of layering sounds and things on top of each other. Absolutely. It's, it's the best fun. It's it great fun, and it's also challenging because, like, looping, you make a mistake, you get it thrown in your face immediately. And, and, but also you become very aware of the sounds you're making because you immediately hear them play back at you. So like looping's like sticking a mirror in front of you. And it's a really critical mirror. It's, it does just what you give it, put it in, comes straight back. So it's like a very true mirror, which is great in terms of you honing your sounds, honing your playing, your rhythm and stuff. Cause you think, Oh, I can play in time. And you go and you do the buttons and then you hear it back and go, I can't play in time. Wow. Oh, yeah. And, and it's been, yeah, you know, in all my instruments, like looping has been fantastic because I'll feel perfectly fine about my playing and then I'll go to record it and go, no, that's not actually right. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I know that will be the case for me. I can guarantee <laughs> it because, yeah, I'm not that good at keeping. And I think it might be a way of helping me to mm. improve that. Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah. It's like, well, and it's also like uh, a do it yourself metronome. Because as soon as you put that first loop, loop down, it's that's the timing and that's what you got to play with, and and so everything you do has to be in time with that. So it's it's your own being your own metronome. It's yeah. kind of cool, but uh, but again, kind of challenging. People go, oh, you know, if you see someone who's good at it, you go, ah, that doesn't look too hard, and then you go, it's like any instrument. But looping is an instrument, and uh, and you have to treat it like that, and you have to practice it. You know, if you're doing it with your feet, if you're doing the buttons with your feet, you have to practice doing the buttons in time and all that sort of thing. It's it's uh, fun. Um, I love it. Excellent. It's going to go up my list of things. But it's, it's fun. Uh, it, we, uh, that's right. Yeah, the whole visualizing sound thing. Mm. Um, a little uh, – uh, me and Kai are actually um, doing a uh, – I keep for the listener who's forgotten, my, my partner Kai is asleep on the floor over here. And she um, – <laughs> I think she's just taking it. <laughs> Is a fabulous violinist, um, and we're working on a show at the moment, which is all the physics, and we did it at Questacon oh, as, nice. a, as a little tryout, you know, just to work, you know, because the guy who gave me the idea for it is the, one of the main guys at Questacon, and so we thought we'd perform it for him just to, yeah, build up to it, but it's all about the physics and maths of music, um, and that goes in a lot into a lot of the way that you visualise music as well. And, and that's, yeah, that's again really informed my, um, looping as well as just the way I, and I love the way everyone else visualizes music. So I've got my own pictures of sound in my head. And then you'll meet someone who's got perfect pitch or whatever. And the way they'll see different notes as different colors and stuff. I haven't got that at all. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's nuts. That is nuts. Yeah. That would be useful. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah. It's just different. I think. Mm. It is useful because you can just pick notes out of the air and like Jacob Collier and people like that who can just go, oh, that's an F. I don't know what an F is until someone gives me an F and they go, oh, that's an F, which it's good in both ways, I think, because then you put your focus wherever, yeah, you can put your focus wherever your... Was what? that an F? I oh, think that's a cut. That's a, it's a... I wonder if it was actually... Ah, really? It was a um, G. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what that was, but it's some sort of boaty. Yeah. Oh, boaty noise. Because there's yes. boaty stuff going. We on are not too far from the, the boatiness, docks. like docks. That's uh, places where boats go. Excellent tugboats out there. <laughs> so yeah, that, 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 that's been another thing that um, has uh, 
obsessed me for ages the whole like you know the ups and down what you call up and down in music like pitch and volume and tempo and things are all get all up and down and everyone gets confused about them have you thought about that it's kind of fun pitch up and down is obvious yeah volume, you get a high so volume low volume mm. high tempo low tempo and uh high tone quality like so they're all and also high texture low texture high energy low you know all these highs and lows kind of get mixed up in music and and which is great you know and and just the way the way you build uh and and make uh the journey through a bit of music um exciting like tension and release within the music you're using all those different ups and downs in music to you know you can you can go from a low volume to a high volume and it's like oh there we go or from you know key changes or melodic shape and all those things that that make the path through the music exciting as you can see I'm slightly obsessed with it that's that's a good thing to be obsessed with <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to ask you my my final question which okay. I'm not sure what your answer is going to be to this one which mm. is how has ukulele changed your life um it's it's made uh, me feel less yeah as I said before it's a very friendly instrument it's uh, very inviting to a lot of people and it's made me excited that um, as uh, a teaching thing for a way for people to get into music um, that's so immediate so exciting straight off um, because it is such a one easy to relatively easy to play but also a forgiving sound it just makes a sound that just makes a mm. and what's that thing out of peanuts books um, I remember um, uh, Linus, you know, Peanuts books, Charlie yeah, Brown books. Yeah. And Linus said, uh, um, he said, that's right, he said, oh, imagine being born, you know, imagine being born and you come into the world and it's so scary and there's all this noises and stuff going on. It'd be so freaky being a baby. No wonder they cry all the time. I think as soon as a baby is born, they should be immediately handed a ukulele. <laughs> it's just a, it's a, Oh, for so many reasons, I totally agree with that. Yeah. yeah. A, so, so that's you know, I'll I'll try to find that cartoon and, and that would be fantastic. That was back in the sixties. He wrote that, drew that one, so he was way ahead of his time. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Oh, no it's worries. been a pleasure talking to you. Excellent. And I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Grand. The day after our chat, I went to his looping workshop. It was great fun. In the second half, we made a loop using ukuleles and voice. Stick around after the credits and you'll hear what we made. I've edited it down to about seven minutes, so it wasn't quite as effortless as it sounds. I think it took about 25 minutes to actually do, but it still wasn't as hard as I would have thought. If you ever get a chance to do one of Mel's workshops, I highly recommend it. Ukuleles New Black is produced by me, Meredith Harper, and I also wrote and performed the theme tune. Graphic design is by Seb Carrero. Episodes are released every second Monday, and you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or your podcatcher of choice. Want to support the show? Please subscribe and go to the website, ukuleleisthenewblack.com, to donate via PayPal or to buy merch. It's almost the end of 2018, and this is the final episode of Season 1. I will be back with Season 2 in February next year, but in the meantime, don't worry, I will be putting a few bonus episodes in the feed, so... You won't have to go without your ukulele podcast fix entirely. Thank you so much to all my guests this year for taking the time to talk to me. I could not have done it without you. And of course, to all my listeners for supporting the show. 
Have a fantastic holiday season, and I look forward to bringing you all some more ukulele love next year. Bye. Start with short loops, because otherwise you get frustrated because you spend your life waiting for the end of the loop to come around. So start short. Okay, we done. You start up and I'll, I'll start, I'll do the recording. That's good. Yeah. Change. Beautiful. Do that.
cream of the perfect blue is what? Okay, yes. Okay, it's, it's where you can hear all the parts nice and clearly, and they become their own identity, yeah? But there's still room up here, a room down here. So we've got we've got this, it's like low mid, and that's not, you know, kind of nice low mid sort of thing. But we haven't got subs, we haven't got real high mid. Because then we've got these strummy parts, like this. That's pretty high, but it's not as high as. Okay, so I need some. I know this is a big thing to ask, but anyone who's willing to go. What? Oh, you can just go. Do you want to give it a go? <laughs> Grab the mic and put your hand over it, and you can spit on your own hand. That's okay, I can't go as low as you can. So the idea is so three, four. Cause it's a new plug